Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're turning our focus on the Review Club, and we're grateful to have Jamie Arroyo from the Work Wisdom team and Joe McMonagall from Atomic Design joining us. But first, I wanted to provide a little background on the review at Work Wisdom. We're all about turning smart behaviors into transformative habits. And over time, uh, Kedron Crosby has been um, working in the space quite a bit, the, the founder of Work Wisdom. And one of the things that she's done a lot, and it's had an impact, I think, on me and other ones on the team, has been religiously reading the Harvard Business uh, Journal. So it was in the fall of... 2017, when we really saw that our clients wanted to be absorbing many of the best articles in Harvard Business Review for their companies, but they just couldn't find the time. So we decided to start the review um, because we were reading it anyway, and it would be a nice way to create some social capital for some of our favorite leaders to come together, hear about, um, and discuss the most recent research, best practices being shared in each issue of HBR. And we combined it with local food from our uh, favorite restaurants. Some friend-making opportunities were there, too. And so every month, leaders would meet for a week to hear from work with some experts, eat well, drink coffee, have fun, uh, make some new, often equally ambitious friends. So I thought it might be fun to celebrate the end of our first year with a retrospective on the review here on The Behaviorist. And so, Jamie, I want to ask you first, um, you've been co-facilitating the review with Matt Swear this year. How did you two decide which articles to dive into each month? Yeah, so me and Matt both dive into the entire Harvard Business Review and uh, read it from cover to cover. And we want to make sure that we pick articles that incorporate the work wisdom themes and um the, the things that work wisdom is about. So whether it's high performing mindsets, culture shaping, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> or communications, uh, we want to make sure we pick articles that reflect those different themes. So we pick a few, we go back and forth and talk about how we can incorporate um, these themes into them and how we can discuss and what are some key uh, values that we can pull out of the articles to be able to share with the rest of the leaders in the group. So that's really cool. So Joe, you are you're you've been in the review club and we're really grateful that you've been in the review. So not only are you a diligent reader of the articles, but you have been applying the stuff you've learned into your work at Atomic. So can you first tell us a little bit about your role at Atomic and you know how long you've been there, uh, what Atomic does? Sure. Um, so my title is the Vice President of Set Construction at Atomic, and Atomic Design is a company focused on live event and experience environments. Uh, we focus mostly on entertainment and brand communication, so we play in that space where we create um, places and experiences for people to uh, connect with each other and connect with brands and connect with entertainment. Uh, so in my role, I manage the set construction department, so we fabricate custom scenery for any kind of event that one could want. And um, I've been there for 10 years. I think I mentioned that part already. Okay. And uh, that's what I do. Okay. So uh, Atomic is part of this sort of rock star Lidditz thing that's <laughs> happening, isn't it? Yeah, rock Lidditz. Okay. Yeah. So back to the review, um, Jamie, first I wanted to ask you, has there been an article that's really resonated with you this year? 
Yeah, probably uh, one of the ones that had the most impact on me was actually, uh, there was, I forget the exact title, but it was on how CEOs manage their time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed to be an article that resonated with the entire group because as, um, whether we're in leadership positions or aspiring to be leaders, um, all of us want to know how we can manage the most important asset that we have, and that's time. Um, So seeing how some of the top performers around the world and different organizations do that um, was very enlightening. It gave us a lot of tips that we can actually take back to our organizations and implement. Um, so I think that was the one that had the most impact on me and seeing the response from the group, a lot of folks um, took a lot of tactical uh, ideas away from that article. I feel like I wish I would have been in hearing <laughs> what people were talking yeah. about in that meeting. What about you, Joe? What was well, the one article that... It's funny you mentioned that one, Jamie, because that, that wasn't the one that, I comes to, that came to mind when I was thinking about this, but that was a very impactful one. Mm-hmm. Um, like most people, I struggle with that aspect of too much to do and not enough time. Yeah. How do you handle that? So that was there was a couple of that day, I believe, that were focused on time management. And that was, those are great conversations, great articles, and then great conversations with the rest of the team there. Um, the one that I remembered, though, was, I believe, called Structure That's Not Stifling. And it was a story, um, it was a few stories. One was about Alaskan Airlines and the way that it had changed its sort of strategic priorities over the course of its of maybe 10 years or so and the different impacts um, that they're that their uh, strategic focus had on their business. And basically what I recall was um, a, an evolution from lack of structure and sort of mm-hmm. tribal knowledge. And then as the company grew, the failure of that approach because there was mm-hmm. new people and all this growth and people didn't have that sort of baked in tribal knowledge. And then they moved to a more intentional sort of transmission of values and, and training focus to allow people, new people, to carry the torch, if yeah. you will, from those who had been there for so long. So at, at Atomic, we are growing quickly mm-hmm. and challenged with this growth from uh, a core group of folks who have been there for a long time and really speak and breathe uh, the Atomic values to a, a company with a lot of growth and a lot of new employees and, and struggling with that transition from, um, again, tribal knowledge into more intentional, you know, structured uh, transmission of, of this information in a company that really values creativity and being nimble and reactive yeah. to and responsive to the market, which is always very, very fast-paced in our industry. Yeah. So the, the friction between structure and the ability to be nimble is a real one at Atomic. And so this article really spoke to that and how to develop and how to consider structure, not in a limiting way, but in a really empowering way to the employees. It's really cool. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a good one. I recommend it. So sometimes the sharing from the members is even better than from what you've learned from HBR. Have there been any lessons that you learned from other members of the review that's influenced um, how you lead yourself or your team? So I'm going to start with you, Joe. Like, what um, do you think? So I don't recall a particular piece of insight. But I, I can say that as a whole, the practice of being a part of the review in an, uh, is in itself and it has had an impact on me. Um, transitioning from a person at Atomic who is doing the work of Atomic mm-hmm. you know, very consistently, very in the, the activity of the company, to one uh, transitioning into a leadership role mm-hmm. has given me, uh, is, is challenging. My, mm-hmm. my muscle memory is in the execution <laughs> of what we do. Yeah. And so getting my headspace into... Um, 
a more strategic focus has been something that I've been trying to be intentional about. And this Work Wisdom Review Club has really given me that chance and really actually held me accountable to that okay. <laughs> task <laughs> by committing to reading these articles, committing to preparing my thoughts on mm. these sort of bigger picture conversations. And then in those groups, um, hearing the responses of, of different uh, really disparate leadership um, mm-hmm. in that group. You know, some manage lots of people, some own and operate a very, very small companies, yeah. uh, some are somewhere in between. So I would say just the being open to the different input and, and the influence from the mm-hmm. different membership of this group is the thing that I've taken away the most. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off that. (laughs) I think hearing the responses from everyone in the group has been very enlightening. So the cool thing about the review is that everyone there is an expert in their own right. So when we have the specific theme or topic brought up in article, everyone's able to share their own experience from their own organization and what their thoughts are on specific concepts. Um, So I think hearing each one talk about, well, how this applied to me or an experience where this situation came up um, helps the entire group. And it's been very cool to hear from each and every member um, specific situations that apply to the articles. So is it true that it's people from different industries? It's not like everybody in in the music structure <laughs> entertainment industry. world okay. no yeah absolutely there's it's really uh diverse in that sense in terms of what are the, the people who are there what their companies do and actually i'll um maybe add to my comment there was one particular thing um that i really picked up there was a, a woman in our group who was talking about her experiences in leadership and her uh experience with implicit bias in the workplace mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not something i've never heard of before mm-hmm. and it's not something that i've never thought about before but the way she presented her story and her stories um really made me question the way i behave actually yeah. behave in, in the workplace with myself with my team and that was something again that i i work with other women i have mm-hmm. there are women leaders of my company this was just more information and more yeah. uh, concrete examples of things to be sensitive to and aware of and focus on so that was yeah. impactful, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a cool opportunity when you get out of the workspace and yeah. still be able to talk about things, but it's a, it's a nice, safe place to kind of learn new concepts and just hear other people's experiences that, that you normally wouldn't get to hear about. So mm-hmm. that's cool. And because we're such a diverse group, there's, I think, a less oper- less likelihood of the sort of group think that comes with when you're in the same right. culture and you're in the sa- you hear the same uh, values being stated or the same challenges, mm-hmm. you know, relatively consistently. We're all, we all come with our own unique baggage and, yeah. uh, and attempts to shed that. So it, it kind of frees up information to get into your brain in a different way that it, than it normally would, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I really like that. I like the idea of being able to learn from all these different leaders and di- across different industries. And it must feel good. It's not like a competition. It's just learning. Know. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same human problems, but... Um, you don't have to worry about that business stuff <laughs> right. that could get in the way. So we might have skipped ahead a little bit by talking about this, but the next question, I'll start with you, Jamie. What's the best thing about the review in your mind? Yeah, so my favorite part is being around other leaders in yeah. different industries. So, um, you know, me and Matt aren't trying to teach anything during yeah. this uh, conversation. It's really just that having, how do you facilitate discussion among other business leaders? How do you start to bring out conversation and 
you know, their experiences and their credibility, like how do you bring that out into the group so they can learn from each other? Because mm-hmm. um, they're not going to learn from us. <laughs> uh, so we I really question that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we really use these articles as a tool to just get them to talk with each other. And um, I think that's where the magic happens mm-hmm. when you get yeah. to hear from someone else that's in a different industry, a different, uh, you know, different position, whatever it might be. Um, I think that's the best part of it. What about you? Well, actually, not to argue the point, Jamie, <laughs> but one of my favorite parts is the is the the, um, the leadership in the group and the moderators bring yeah. such an incredible grasp of the of the topic and mm-hmm. the subject matter. Whether it was Kedrin or Matt or yourself, Jamie, um, the, there's just a wealth of knowledge there mm-hmm. and a, and a wealth of exposure to um, to reading and, and other experiences mm-hmm. that I don't have, you know, yeah. as my growth to leadership uh, has been relatively homegrown and, you know, inside one channel, I'm keenly aware of how much I don't know and I'm getting more and more <laughs> exposure to that. Yeah. And so this club has really forced me to come to terms with that and uh, to step away from what I would consider my gut instincts as the best possible answer and think, yeah. you know, other people have done this before and been challenged by this before and worked their way through this before and maybe yeah. even written a book about this before. So uh, exposure to that level of critical thinking mm. on topics that I find myself trying to deal with in the moment with what I already know or have mm-hmm. already experienced, uh, it really shed some light into that process and shows that there's a better way. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. I I think uh, I think you guys are being pretty humble <laughs> about your abilities, but but uh, that sounds great. I love it. So here's another question. I'm going to start with you, Jamie. Um, who do you think is a good fit for joining the review? We're coming up on to the new year and a new review club. So what do you say? Yeah, I think pretty simply, a lot of leaders within organizations Mm -hmm. are an obvious good fit for the, uh, for the review, um, but also aspiring leaders. So folks that are in the pipeline to be, you know, take on a management role or take on an executive role. Um, this is a great opportunity for someone to join, learn from other leaders Mm -hmm. and really get an, um, kind of firsthand experience of what others are going through so they can learn from them as they're preparing themselves for the next step. Um, so I think, uh, those types are, are a good fit for the Mm -hmm. review. Yeah, I think that's a natural uh, place to be. I, I even think, re- regardless of your organizational status, people who want, who either have a mindset that's open to this kind of conversation or want that or f- recognize the need for that, uh, even if you're not a leader, uh, the, what we're talking about often is not simply like how to manage better or mm-hmm. it's really how to be, how to have an impact and how to be empathetic to other human beings in your workplace mm-hmm. in whatever it is you're doing. And those are skills and, and perspectives that all of us need. So yeah. um, I agree. It's really good. And even in the side of atomic, when we talk about who should join this group, I'm thinking about leadership and leadership pipeline, but yeah. it's wider than that. It's really yeah. anyone who's willing to, to step into a, a pretty safe space and have a conversation that might challenge their, their gut instincts and their preconceived notions about the right way to do things yeah yeah i think the amazing thing is a lot of these concepts aren't just how to be a better leader or manager it's like mm-hmm. how do you become a better human being yeah. right? exactly. <laughs> so that's the amazing part that's of like learning these it. things yeah. yeah i think there there's actually it's an hbr article that's about organizations and how leadership comes from all levels of the organization how yeah. the best organizations kind of have that and in it Mm -hmm. and so yeah i I guess it could it could come from anybody who wants to be a better person Mm -hmm. so has there been any one lesson learned that has changed your own behavior 
it's a loaded question, Sarah. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, pertaining to an article specifically that I that I connected with a lot was one on organizational grit. Um, it talked a lot about the strength of character that someone has and how that actually helps someone succeed in the workplace more than um, intelligence or um, you know. Uh, you know, position, whatever it might be. Um, while those things are important, grit is the one thing that was able to get people over the the finish line. Mm. Um, so that was something that connected to me a, a pretty, uh, that I was able to take with me. Yeah. And um, I, I noticed throughout the conversation, a lot of folks connected with that as well. So, okay. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I hate to repeat myself, but just the practice of being in this group was mm. the, one of the biggest takeaways for me to making myself prepare for it, mm. uh, carving out space and, and not just carving it out, but believing that it was the best use of my time to carve out space from the, the operational expectations and duties that I might carry mm -hmm. to step into the strategic space and, and try to th learn and yeah. become a better leader and become a, have a, a more impactful leader in my mm -hmm. company. Um, that muscle memory took, has taken, I won't say it's finished, <laughs> has taken some ef yeah. effort and energy and, and uh, some work. So that has been huge. I remember one article um, or one specific sort of tool that we discussed in the group. It was about brainstorming with questions instead of answers. So yeah. the idea of we're going to propose a challenge and bring people together and nobody can suggest a solution. All that you can do is ask a question with no caveats, no, um, you know, no setting up the question. All you can do is bring questions. And so the, the, whoever is proposing this question or this, this problem records those questions and reviews those to try to make sure we're not missing a, an angle to this yeah. problem, you know, before we try to solve it with yeah. as quickly as oh, possible. I love that. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, uh, my colleague Chloe and I, uh, who was a part of the group as well, took that back and we applied it in an, in an instance. Um, we've been dealing with, uh, with some, with one challenge that hasn't, hadn't gone away. And so we thought, let's try this. And we brought in a really disparate group of people, people who had no skin in the game, <laughs> some people who did have skin in the game. Yeah. And again, just kind of described the problem. We had two minutes and we just kind of furiously wrote down things that people were, were asking. And it was a really interesting um, experience and experiment, really. Mm. Brought, some, brought some light to the thing that we had not considered. Does it take pressure off if you don't have to solve it in that session? You just have to come up with questions it, i mean that it certainly does that yeah. it also eliminates the likelihood that the first thing that someone says is the one that we all latch on to yeah because it has the most time for us to talk about and mm -hmm. the last thing that someone says before the meeting's over gets kind yeah. of scooted away because oh we ran out of time to talk about that one <laughs> and you know the person with the loudest voice in the room right. gets to take the mic for the longest all those things that are you know normal challenges to the group think concept yeah. uh, we try to i mean this approach at least tries to tries to chop that away mm -hmm. so it was really cool how could our listeners replicate the review in their own cities? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's as simple as picking up a uh, copy of the HBR and, you know, getting a group of whether it's your coworkers or folks in other industries, um, friends, and really taking some time, as Joey mentioned, to to carve out some space and talk about the articles, talk about the lessons learned. Um, so I think anyone can do that. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's the beauty of it. It's something that is accessible to a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. And if, if you were to share your topic list and the articles you picked out and the, cause there seems to be like a focus to the articles you pick out and identify that theme. That could be a thing that could be shared with the world. I also have to say, I'd love to have a call in show cause I've always wanted to yeah. say first time caller, a <laughs> long time listener. And I thought that was going to be my chance in this, uh, in this podcast. No, we made you come. <laughs> no, no, I'm here and I don't get to say it. So I'd love a chance to say that in okay. general, but I also think it'd be kind of cool to have some conversation because yeah. the thing again, that's, 
the articles are great and the facilitation is really impactful, but the conversations that happen around it and the people that are there just bringing their own experience and their own life perspective to mm-hmm. these things is really what I find to be super valuable. So, mm-hmm. so normally it's two hours, is that yeah. right? And mm-hmm. how many articles do you and Matt decide on? We usually have about five to six total. Okay. There's usually two or three warm up articles, we call yeah. them, that are very short, yeah. um, where we kind of start off to kind of kick off the conversation mm-hmm. and then about two or three longer articles mm-hmm. um, that are a little bit more in depth and, and we spend a little bit more time on analyzing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can say, uh, in preparation for these meetings, it's like a half an hour of reading if okay. you were to sit down and do it. It's not an incredible <laughs> amount of work. If you really just carved out a half an hour time, you okay. could read through this. All right. It's not major homework. No. Or it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can do it, you know, the morning of the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been told. Okay. <laughs> so thank you um, both for coming and talking about this. Um, I... I I haven't been able to do more than bring in the food <laughs> for the review. It's been delicious. And so oh, Thank that's you. good. I cooked it myself. That's not true. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's so great to hear about the the sort of logistics and the experience of it. And uh, overall, just you know, Kedron and I and the team at Work Wisdom, um, we're so, we're just grateful to you, Joe, for being part of the movement. Jamie, it's so wonderful to have you on the team. And so, um, those of you that are listening, thank you for do- downloading the Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe, and um, please stream our upcoming um, podcast. That's going to be all about uh, equity in the workplace, and. Also, just if you're listening, reach out to us through our website, workwisdom.com. You can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions. You can ask questions or please give us suggestions for topics you'd like to explore in future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Mm